welcome back in this episode uh, i will discuss a little bit about the individual level health risk and how do we assess that now certain principles which are important for an insurance company to apply here are basically as far as possible measure the health risk accurately and then once that is done how do we manage that risk now either the risk can be completely avoided if it is too severe to be priced or it could be managed with additional price or it could be transferred or shared with a partner for example the reinsurer or it could be kind of postponed for some time because at this moment uh, there are some activities happening the treatment is still on the recovery is still not completed and or there is an incomplete level of information available to make the risk assessment complete so these are some of the principles why it is important that every insurance company should have a lens of assessing the health risk at an individual level now in the earlier episode when we spoke about the differences between clinical and insurance medicine we spoke about insurance medicine still needs to be cohort oriented or more standardized in approach but to create more granular cohorts and specific guidelines to address the risk of those cohort it's important to understand the risk at the individual level and this is where it now sinks with clinical medicine quite heavily when it comes to understanding part and when it comes to application part you create a little bit cohort based guidelines so let's understand what is this health risk assessment and how can we how can we assess them what are the parameters which define the health risk so there are various definitions and i won't really get into references of those definitions but in a way it is an approach where you collect the information from individuals whether it is known to him and because many of the conditions are not even known to the person uh, you can take helps of certain screening tests which we do and with all those information we identify the risk factors which provides individualized feedback and links the person with at least one intervention either to promote health sustain function and prevent disease now this is typically what we do in clinical scenarios as apply it to one of these three areas but in insurance scenarios it's restricted to the stage of measuring the health risk and adapting that to the predicted morbidity or predicted mortality risk so what are the purposes uh, we need to do this is obviously because insurance deals with the risk business it's very important that they measure and manage those risk how do we really look at uh, you know the parameters and again if, if, if this is a very broad question and it's a very simple way to say that we cannot accurately measure the exact health though the approaches towards objectifying the health risk and that is something which can be leveraged into standardized application of the covers which the insurance companies provide but again we'll have to take this with a pinch of salt that no model or no tool can accurately measure every aspect of health risk a because 
the data will always be incomplete. The information is always going to be incomplete. B, it is so dynamic that it changes every moment. And that is why the strategies are also moving towards dynamic health risk assessments than static. Obviously, when the insurance business started, there were no tools or there were not much of data available to tap things dynamically. But today, again, a great contribution from the data science side that insurers are now strategizing towards dynamic underwriting or dynamic health risk assessments. But the factors remain the same, whether you are doing a static or a dynamic assessment. And some of these factors can be generic in nature, which would mean either they're related to demography, geography, uh, overall financial status, which can be an indirect parameter towards health risk, and a couple of things which are more generic and applies to multiple people or a category of people. Some of these parameters are absolutely medical in nature, which is individual to nature. So it can be inheritance in the family, it can be history of health adversities in the past, the biometrics, the lab findings. As we said, many of the people don't even know they're suffering from many of these chronic conditions. Lab tests help them to screen that out and any other medical parameter which is being used to evaluate a possibility of a medical condition. So that's highly individual. There could be lifestyle risk and lifestyle is actually proving to be the root cause of many of the observed medical risk. And that's why I would say of all the parameters, the insurance companies are now more and more focused towards lifestyle risk assessments. And because again, uh, availability of data, availability of technology, and even developments in the device sector, for example, the wearables part, uh, it's very good to see how we can evaluate some things which are below the tip of the iceberg, which is much more effective way of assessing the long-term mortality and morbidity risk for an insurer. Of course, one thing which I guess many of the companies are struggling and they want to get into is the psychological aspects of health risk. Now, we have all already seen there is a huge focus and uh, development in the mental health space. And this is something which the insurers also are having a close eye. And uh, some of these companies have also tapped mental health risk as one of the almost equivalent risk parameters compared to physical risk. Now, this becomes very important because there's not much of uh, use case scenarios to evaluate or objectify psychological risk and it deals a lot with how the experiences are going to be unfolded but it's important at this stage that psychological risk also is considered as a core integral parameter within the overall health risk assessments so basically these are the five categories of parameters which define health risk now let's look at a situation where if I'm a medical underwriter and I'm seeing a medical condition in front of me or have tried to get some information from all these five categories of parameters towards a medical condition as a proposal, how do I assess that? Now, I'm not going to get into the specifics of each medical condition. Obviously, we'll discuss that in later episodes where we discuss some interesting case studies on specific medical conditions. But here, I would give more like a framework an underwriter can use and it's a mental framework which he can use to approach assessing any kind of medical condition. Now this framework 
should have six dimensions. And what are those six dimensions? So the first dimension and the most important dimension, according to me, is how systemic is the medical condition? So when I say systemicity, it means how widely does this condition affect the organ functions in the body? So at one end, you could have medical conditions which are very localized. At the other end, you could have medical conditions which are absolutely metabolic and generalized. Now, the second category of conditions obviously will be more impactful from a risk perspective than the first category. There's no rocket science in understanding that. But the dimension of systemicity can also change over a period of time. So what looks like local today may become generalized tomorrow. And this is where the aggressiveness or the second dimension comes in. So the first dimension I would say is how systemic is when you are looking at that at a point of time. And second is how aggressive that condition is likely to be. Now, this is an outcome of various studies. And so that's where it's important to understand the behavior of multiple uh, medical conditions. And it can vary as per various parameters which we mentioned earlier in the health risk assessments framework. So what looks like uh, a cancer which is, for example, benign in a particular geography or in a particular customer segment may look absolutely malignant in certain other geographies or in certain other customer segments. So here is where the complexity of determination of aggressiveness at a cohort level faced by insurance medicine experts. Now, the solution is to look at various studies, try and study from meta-analytical perspective, and also look at the guidelines which are prevailing for clinical medicine for those specific conditions and determine together as to how aggressive is that medical condition. So that's the second dimension, aggressiveness or severity. The third is recovery. Now, this is a function of the various developments which have happened in the treatment and cure space. So today we are seeing a lot of conditions, in fact, can be called as cured, which in the past was still not very certainly confident to be called as cured. So there's a lot of technology which has come up there's a lot of development happening in the treatment space and this recovery is something the underwriters now have to look at from the perspective of what is available for this person to take care to see the extent of recovery. So a medical condition 10 years back which was probably an avoidable risk for an insurer today is definitely a risk which is worth con uh, considering whether at a normal standard risk price or whether at more than standard loaded risk price. So recovery is a third dimension I would say and every underwriter needs to look at the medical condition for. The fourth one is moral hazard. Now this is something which is very important because we see that when, when a patient goes to a doctor we expect him he's generally 100% honest in his disclosures there because he knows that there is an impact on his health and he's looking for solutions to improve health. But the same person with the same kind of question when it comes to buy insurance, he's not going to be 100% honest. And this, this, where the buy, this where the behavioral or moral hazard comes into picture. And this moral hazard is again, not a very standardized thing. It depends a lot on the medical condition for which the person is suffering from. So whether it is a benign condition and 
whether it is known to him to be benign, told to him to be benign, and is actively taking treatment for that, that the level of moral hazard is going to be very, very, very low compared to if it is not a benign condition or it is a benign condition, but the person doesn't have enough insight towards that, or he may be looking at uh, aspects of buying insurance to cover that risk only. And that is where the moral hazard comes in. So moral hazard will be different as per the medical condition which you are seeing. And it is also going to be different based on the profile of the customer, specifically whether he has got enough insight and whether he has enough, uh, I would say, healthcare uh, accessible kind of thing. That's the fourth dimension, moral hazard. The fifth dimension is what kind of services is expected in this condition. So if somebody is suffering from a condition, what kind of services? And this is more important for the health insurance business and not so important for life insurance business. Here is where the short-term service demand gets created for that medical condition. Now, what are the type of services, the amount of services, and what's going to be the cost for that? Now, here is where the government guidelines or reference guidelines followed by the treating physicians becomes very important. And I would say in a health insurance company, now here is where the networking quality also gets tested. So the way the providers are networked with the payers on what terms and conditions and what guidelines is something which definitely is important for an underwriter to understand. Because if the person is likely to go to a hospital for a treatment which is not within the network of an insurance company, then the controls on that is going to be very, very low and which is inevitably going to lead to high cost or very low value per cost, which is what we spoke in the earlier episode as a core requirement for an insurance medicine. So that's a fifth dimension services. The sixth dimension is what are the kind of collateral claims we expect? Now, medicine is very complex. Uh, one condition, we cannot predict the claims of that is going to only be related to that condition. Let me give an example here. If there is a metabolic abnormality like diabetes or hypertension, we're not very sure that the type of claims the person is going to intimate or undergo is going to be directly and how much directly related to the diabetes condition. So this is where the uncertainty comes in. So even for an underwriter, when there is a disclosure of such medical condition at proposal, it's important to understand the extent of uncertainty that that is tacked to that medical condition. Now this gets more, how, do, how does an underwriter come to know about this? Now this is more from an internal experience, which is feedback into the underwriting. So here is where the claims underwriting collaboration, the experience which comes from the claims and the experience from the industry on similar conditions is all fed back into the underwriting. You don't have clear guidelines for this, but it's an assumption an underwriter has to make that for this medical condition, there could be a possible collateral claim which can come in. And whether that risk of additional collateral claims is something which is visible and whether it is accommodatable in the price for which the product has been designed. So this is the sixth parameter, which is uncertainty or the extent of collateral claims that medical condition is likely to generate for a health insurance. 
So summarily, any medical condition coming to uh, an underwriter has to be evaluated from these six dimensions perspectives. Now, how do we do that? I mean, it's all subjective. At the end of the day, how much weightages we will provide to each of those six to arrive at a common decision because the decision is going to be one, can't be six different decisions based on this. Now, somewhere we'll have to create a framework of objectivity for these six parameters. You can give weightages to each of those. And this weightages and how much that has to be done comes more from the experience. And that's where the underwriter's experience comes into picture as to how many such medical conditions he has seen in the past or he learns from his seniors. And that's where the strategic uh, level of authorities and decision-making levels are created. And the other way to look at this is you can create a artificial intelligence model with sufficient amount of such data and the target parameter of underwriting decision or in health insurance you can even look at the claim incidence as a target parameter to build this model and the model can automatically allocate weightages as per the results and the training now that's the other way to do it and this is where the next generation insurance companies are now using or leveraging the data science into medical underwriting but till the time that happens for an underwriter even if there is a model he needs to have a validating level and for him to understand that i think it's important to give some scoring for this one simple framework you can use is create a 1 to 5 0 to 5 or 1 to 5 score for each of the six parameters rate them independently and then look at the average and then you create a guideline where saying what is your appetite if you don't for example if your appetite is I can absorb a risk for a level less than, let's say, three severity using all of the six, then I think we can evaluate the conditions based on this. That's the simplest way to do it. But again, it's not how you do it. It's about how frequently do you update the approach here. So today I may set a threshold at, let's say, three. But tomorrow with experience, I need to keep revisiting this threshold and revisiting the six dimensions and my guidelines accordingly. So let's take an example. If I take a very metabolic condition like uh, diabetes, now, because it's a wide spectrum, at one spectrum you have recently diagnosed diabetes, well controlled, and let us say the first time incidence of diagnosis happening at the advanced age, I think this looks like the most benign situation. And the most severe situation is something like Diabetes detected at a very early age, examples, the type one type of diabetes, or the severity is very high at the time of diagnosis, which is what we are seeing a lot today because of the lifestyle risk coming to that. So diabetes is an example, actually can range from one to five as an average risk parameter after you apply the six dimensions. So here is where you can create differentiations of which type of diabetes and what level of diabetes and which customer segments of diabetic can be absorbed at a normal, at a higher rate or absolutely be avoidable with avoiding the risk. So you can use that. Let's say even for conditions like cancers, and again, it's a wide spectrum. Uh, there are cancers who can rate, who can actually score one out of the five after you apply this. And there are cancers who score five or five as well. But I think this framework allows you to look at medical conditions in a kind of objective way and also apply those.
for various guidelines. Again, I think we will come to the specifics when we'll have some interesting case studies, but here the idea of this episode was to look at a framework of six dimensions to assess any medical condition coming to an underwriter and take a decision which is more scientific, even if it is not data-driven and it is more aligned towards the accommodatable price which will lead to profitability of the company. I hope you liked it and we will talk about more on this in the coming episodes. Stay tuned.